And any man worth knowing is a man at war with himself. That's my favorite line of this book. Come and take it. The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free by Cody Wilson. Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this is my book review of this uh, book that I read a while back. And I thought today, being July 4th, Independence Day, would be the best day to revisit this book that is, mm, it's kind of hard to really put your finger on what this book is. It's a, a technical book, it's a memoir, and then it's a philosophical book about disseminating a dangerous degree of freedom. And I thought this would just be an appropriate thing to talk about and to think about on July 4th, on the day that we celebrate our independence as Americans. So if you're not an American, or if you are an American that is wondering, what is the deal with the gun thing? Why do you guys like guns so much? Why is that? Well, I'm going to get at the heart of that. This book really explains it. You'll, you'll really be able to, whether you're pro-gun, anti-gun, if you listen to this podcast or read this book, you'll at least understand this, uh, this aspect of American culture. You're, you'll understand why this is a philosophical thing. But this is not just going to be a philosophical podcast. I discovered that there has been, relatively recently, a real twist to the Cody Wilson saga. A scandalous, sordid twist. Uh, something rather unfortunate, really. And if you listen to the end of this podcast, I'm going to share that with you. And I've actually got a real nugget of wisdom, of practical, pragmatic wisdom to derive from that scandalous twist. So you are going to want to check out the book review. It appears on Limitless Mindset, linked below, wherever you are listening to this. And over there in that book review, I've got everything that I'm going to discuss here. I've got some pictures of the 3D printed guns, which you're going to want to go and take a gander at. So let's dive in. Again, like I said, this book is about disseminating a dangerous degree of freedom. This title is a hybrid between a manifesto and a memoir of this young Texan who invented the 3D printed gun. I liked this book because it lays bare the unique American philosophy. This 
review will comment on that philosophy and I'm going to make it concrete in the context of a politically tectonic event, the site of which I was not very far from at all when I first read this book and wrote this review. Okay, getting into the philosophy. America is the one country wherein citizens are obligated to overthrow the government if it gets too out of hand. Every, every other country, uh, virtually every other country, is set up to protect the cartel of the powerful elite. And America is unique in that our Constitution provides, quote, a concrete legal protection of a citizen's right to violently abolish the law. That's really pretty unique, isn't it? Virtually every other country on this planet was was formed and they have all sorts of uh, all sorts of flowery uh, accoutrements and uh, and the songs and the religion and the, all, all, all sorts of interesting stuff. But essentially every other every other country on the planet has its genesis in one group of gangsters wresting control away from another group of gangsters and then having to legitimize themselves in the eyes of a population that they would be uh, parasitically extracting taxes from. And that's the inception of almost every country that's on this planet. Whereas with America at our inception, we had a we had an obligation that was put on our shoulders collectively by the founding fathers that if there was tyranny then we were supposed to actually fight that then we were supposed to we were supposed to not uh, acquiesce to a to tyrannical gangsters that were taking us over that we had a, an obligation hard coded into the into the dna of the culture and so that should explain to you something about why we like guns so much. Okay, the author, Cody Wilson, feels this experiment of a philosophically rigorous country is flatlined and needs to be reanimated. Quote, the best I could say then was that America was a failed but worthwhile experiment. A miracle from the finest moment of liberal thought. I think he's saying classically liberal thought. Proof that foolish political experiments, be they compound republics or plastic guns, still had their fruits in the animating contest of liberty. It's, it's pretty well written. Okay. Cody has significant disdain for politicians that would constrict our rights. The force of her famous distemper for the popular ownership of arms seemed matched only by her muscular defense 
of our warfare surveillance state and Cody's way of fighting back against that is to publish universal access to arms in the same way that open source software publishers distribute their products. Power can no longer be centralized in a world empowered by the internet. He writes that the greatest mistake the United States government ever made, not licensing the personal computer. And so now we'll move on to a really important topic. I wish that every American understood this a little bit better. We're going to talk about dangerous freedom. At the heart of the American philosophy, we embrace a dangerous degree of freedom. We especially believe in freedom of speech to an extreme degree. America is the one country that allows draw Muhammad contests, uh, neo-Nazi rallies, or at least they used to allow neo-Nazi rallies. Uh, we allow God hates fags, preachers, and art exhibits of cannibalism and crucifixes submerged in urine. We produce the most depraved porn and snuff films, all just a few clicks away from you now. So Cody looked at this and asked, what if guns were becoming speech. And then instead of asking for permission, he made it so by publishing and releasing to the internet that never forgets the CAD files to 3D print firearms. Science fiction coming soon to a garage near you. And his first impression upon doing this was that Quote, it's like stealing something from the future. Something that's not yet supposed to be there. And he comments in the book quite a bit on Bitcoin. Yes, of course. The digital currency is unsurprisingly mentioned frequently. Talkie was hoping to do with currency what I believed was possible with weapons, namely to place them outside of straight structures. It would be terrible if Bitcoiners were to just sleepwalk into letting the bureaucrats license their firms and activities. And I'll repeat again my favorite line from the book, which was, and any man worth knowing is a man at war with himself. I think I first saw this guy in a viral vice documentary, which I do link to. And the first thing that struck me about him is his extraordinary verbal ability. Politicians, TV personalities, professional commentators, pickup artists, and salespeople take public speaking and improv classes for 
years to become as verbally dexterous as this guy is. As a truly talented political pontificator, he ranks up there with some of my favorite podcasters, people like Sam Harris, Stefan Molyneux, or Gad Sad. It's remarkable that given the amount of money this guy could be making with his million-dollar mouthpiece, it's remarkable that he has chosen the business that he is in. You'll want to give a listen to his Reason TV interview to, to see all of that verbal fire firepower on display. Go check that out. Time will tell if this guy is too rebellious for his own good. I hope he doesn't end up in jail permanently. However, the very fact that someone can do something as disruptive as release to the world downloadable guns, this is actually a reassuring sign that perhaps the American experiment with dangerous freedom, it's an encouraging sign that this, for, that this experiment yet draws breath. So let's talk next about how the printed gun may change revolutions. So around the time that I read this book, I watched this incredibly compelling Netflix documentary about the Maidan revolution in Kiev, Ukraine. And I will link to that documentary if you uh, want to want to catch it. I'll link to it there in the article. And the documentary viscerally, it, it did a really good job. It was a really compelling, uh, really powerful documentary. It portrays the violence of the state. And I watched it in my flat in Kiev, not that far from the stately European sites, which were transformed into war zones in the events shown in the film. And as I was watching it, and I was reading this book at the same time, I kept thinking about how the prospect of printed guns could have radically changed how the Maidan revolution played out. In the documentary, Winter on Fire, the image you'll see over and over again is of a bunch of government thugs in riot gear beating up protesters. I lived in Ukraine. That's right, you're not supposed to say the Ukraine because it's not a uh, satellite state of the Soviet Union anymore. You're just supposed to say Ukraine. So I lived in Ukraine and uh, twice actually, and I have heard a bunch of different perspectives on the Maidan revolution. I've watched uh, some long, I've watched, geez, probably 15 hours worth of documentaries now about the Maidan revolution, uh, both sides, both sides of it. I've consumed both sides of the propaganda on it. And 
I know it's a complicated event uh, that I would do a real disservice to if I, if I tried to meta-analyze it. So I'm not going to do that. But, but watching that documentary, I just imagine how much shorter that revolution would have been. And I think the revolution lasted two months, three months during the wintertime. I imagine how much shorter it could have been, uh, how much more quickly the revolutionaries could have achieved their goals if Cody's 3D printed guns were available. Just imagine how many lives could have been saved if the government thugs feared their adversaries. How much violence could have been avoided if the protesters could have brought something more menacing than rocks and sticks to a rubber bullet and steel baton fight. In my mind, a printed gun or a multiplicity of them is much more powerful as a psychological weapon than it is as a practical weapon. Tactically, I just can't imagine it being that much more dangerous a weapon than a knife or a truck for that matter. Nobody is going to slay dozens of victims or, or even a dozen victims in a mass murder spree in a mall or school with a 3D printed gun. You can go look at pictures of it. You can go watch YouTube videos of it in operation and it's just not that effective of a gun. But the hordes of hundreds of government thugs that you see in this documentary, and geez, you see them whenever there's some sort of uh, revolution or protest going on somewhere in the world, those government thugs wouldn't have been nearly so aggressive if they knew there was a chance of being shot back at. Battling a crowd throwing rocks and sticks while fully armored in riot gear is probably just a little riskier than playing football with friends after a few beers. And let's be honest, probably a lot of fun. But what if one out of every hundred protesters had a gun, even a crappy gun? like the 3D printed gun, it becomes an infinitely less appealing activity. How many of the riot cops would have transformed from cruel brawlers into assertive yet courteous peacekeepers? And how many of them would have flat refused to participate? So this uh, documentary and do go watch it if you haven't watched it, is a 90-minute crescendo of escalation of force. It starts with a small group of college students that start to protest. Some riot police beat them up then. A social media outrage ensues. Thousands rally to protest the police beatings of peaceful protesters. 
some angry people advance on government buildings to protest. Large-scale melees occur with the police. The outrage grows and the protest becomes a revolution. The protesters organize a militia that can capably combat the riot police. The government resorts to bringing in military professionals. Snipers begin using real bullets to kill protesters on the front lines of the standoff. The revolutionary leader gives the president an ultimatum and the militia members promise to lay down their lives. Finally, given the prospect of presiding over a true massacre, the Ukrainian president resigns and goes off into hiding. If the government faced a pervasive lethal threat amongst the protesters, would they have had to be more reasonable at an earlier stage of the Maidan revolution, or really any revolution, would have so much blood run on the icy streets of Kiev in 2014? I suspect not. If only I sold time travel devices instead of smart drugs, I could make a bloody fortune by selling one to the dictator in this decade, in the 2020s, who is about to be overthrown by revolutionaries wielding plastic guns. Just imagine what such a dictator would pay to have Cody Wilson assassinated back in 2013, before he opened this Pandora's box. Now that guns can be printed, every despotic government around the world has a real reason to think twice about abusing their citizenry. And that's the conclusion that I reached, I think it was back in 2016 that I wrote this article and I'm not sure if I stand by that conclusion on the article because it seems like the uh, despotism is escalating almost everywhere in the world. I have not seen any high-level political assassinations occurring with 3D printed guns, but the fact that it was invented at least, um, it says something about the innate human desire, or at least the innate American desire for a dangerous degree of freedom. And as I said, there's a twist to this story that I learned about recently, an unfortunate, sordid, scandalous twist. And that's the author went to jail Recently, he got in quite a bit of trouble, and it was not for the publishing of CAD files to 3D print guns. It was for having sex with an underaged person, for having sex with a girl, a teenage 
girl. And this occurred, I do believe, uh, he was in uh, Thailand, I think, possibly the Philippines. He was he was overseas, and he had sex with an uh, underage young lady. And then I think he was deported from the country, uh, sent back to the United States. He had to do some time in jail. And I think he's, I do believe he's on probation now. And a lot of people, when they saw this happen, they said, oh, it's, it's a setup. Of course, it's a setup. It's a honeypot, as they say, because this was a guy that was, um, he was opposing the uh, federal government. He had a number of cases that he was fighting against the federal government. And he ended up uh, winning uh, in many of the cases, which is kind of an, an interesting thing. As I said, we do, in our American system, we do actually have a pretty high level of uh, freedom that's extended in the area of gun ownership and free speech. So he managed to not get thrown in jail for the the open sourcing of 3D printed guns. It ended up being the, uh, it ended up being having sex with the wrong young lady in a foreign country. And I listened to a two hour podcast interview that he did. It was with uh, Thaddeus Russell, who, uh, boy, Thaddeus Russell, I, I disagree with that guy. On a lot, but it was a very interesting podcast interview. I will go ahead and link to it in the in this article that you'll find. And Cody reveals in this podcast interview that he is sort of into the uh, sugar daddy, sugar baby thing, which is this awful, awful idea. Uh, Awful, awful way to do relationships. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's where you've got these apps and you've got a lot of uh, sexy young ladies on these apps uh, posting uh, uh, slutty, sexy photos of themselves. And then you've got a bunch of guys, typically older guys, who have got money and they are they're not paying for sex directly, but they are, it's a sponsorship uh, marketplace. It's one of these perverse things that the internet has facilitated. So it's, it's a gray area, borderline prostitution kind of thing. And Cody revealed that this is what he's into, that this is the kind of relationship that he prefers. And I just have to point out, here's where I'm getting practical. I just have to point out how idiotic this is for someone who is, uh, someone who is a prominent political figure, for someone who has a lot of powerful enemies, for someone who's trying to fight back against, against the tyranny of, uh, federal government that is overreaching constantly, this is just the the height of idiocy to engage in those types of perverse relationships when you have such huge enemies. 
it's so very predictable that when you're getting into these non-monogamous, uh, nihilistic, um, hedonistic, uh, postmodern uh, experimentation of, uh, of, of selfish uh, sexuality, when you're, when you're dabbling way outside of the bounds of what is a normal, uh, monogamous, intimate, uh, sexual relationship, it's so predictable that you're going to run into trouble. And when you're a prominent person, when you're a person that's trying to chow, that's, that has enemies, it's so predictable that you're going to bring to yourself dire, dire consequences constricting your freedom by dabbling outside of a normal type of relationship. And so this brings me, in conclusion, to a really good point, which is that, which is that your personal relationships, having quality personal relationships, having philosophically robust and moral personal relationships, particularly your intimate partner relationships, uh, and it should be just one, particularly that intimate partner relationship, and then those other relationships around you in those proximal concentric rings, getting those relationships philosophically robust and moral and rational and being in relationships with virtuous people, having the virtue of the people that you are associated with being uh, proportional to their proximity to you, that is the way to have freedom in a world where freedom is going the way of the dodo. It would be better to be a person living in the Soviet Union who had uh, a wife or a husband, who had a family, who had co-workers. It would be better to be a person in the Soviet Union with really high-quality, respectable, honest, virtuous, good people surrounding you, supporting you, living under the same roof as you, than to be a person that was living in Switzerland in the current year, whose immediate relationships, family, roommates, colleagues, coworkers, partners were totally dysfunctional, addicted, uh, drug addicts, abusers, narcissists, etc. Interpersonal freedoms, the, the freedom and the veracity of your relationships with the people that you're dealing with in your immediate vicinity are always something that trump the political environment that's being imposed upon you that you probably don't have any control over anyways. And boy, if Cody Wilson, as smart as he is, if he had understood that, he wouldn't have uh, an ankle bracelet on. He wouldn't have spent mm, weeks or months uh, having to shovel down jailhouse slop for food. This, this is an important point. 
So I would just urge the people that are out there that believe in fighting for their freedom, that believe in this dangerous degree of of, of freedom in uh, maintaining that, that believe in uh, human rights and uh, the unique uh, American rights, do not uh, dabble in stupid, stupid things, especially things like these uh, these experimental forms of uh, self-indulgent sexual relationships. Uh, and of course, there's a bunch of other vices out there that people that people dabble with. We can all improve at this. Do not dabble with all of that shit if you really want to fight for political freedom in a meaningful way in this world. That's my major takeaway from this book. I hope that it's something that can inspire you a bit because it's 2021. Uh, We all know that America is not doing very well. I wrote an article back in 2017 entitled, By 2021, We Will Know If Western Civilization Is Doomed. And it's 2021, so I can go back there and look at my criteria that I outlined in the article. I can go back there and take a look at the arguments that I made in that article. And things are really not looking very good for Western civilization and America in particular, at least in light of that article, which was actually one of my articles that did that did better. But the real solution to declining freedom and decency in the world is to have higher standards for yourself and higher interpersonal standards for the people that you are in relationships with. That's really the good news. Boy, there's a lot of black, a lot of bad news. There's a lot of uh, black pills that, 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 that you take along with the red pills. But the major white pill is that if you have high standards for yourself, if you have very high standards for the kind of people you're in relationships with, for the kind of behaviors that uh, perpetuate between the people that you're close to, that you spend your time with, you can you can have a pretty good life. A decent life of meaning beckons, even in a darkening world. Well, <laughs> I hope this has been a stimulating podcast. Uh, maybe it'll give you something to talk with uh, friends and family about this July 4th. I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. Looking forward to a continued conversation with you.